across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Ten past seven. Uh, I was reading on Twitter a while ago saying South Africans aren't angry enough with the situation that we're experiencing at the moment. Well, one South African who is angry is Dr. Ibrahim Harvey, political writer, analyst, commentator and author, penned many, many words about just how angry and disappointed he is with the current state of South Africa. He joins us now. Dr. Ibrahim Harvey, thanks very much for joining us. A disgraceful reflection, you say it is, on the governing ANC. The majority of people spend Christmas Day and will spend New Year's even a few days languishing in the doldrums of the worst poverty, unemployment, social inequality and cost of living crisis in post-apartheid South Africa. You're not holding back today, are you, Doc? Hi, uh, good morning. No, well, you know, uh, it's, it's obviously a high time that uh, some truths be expressed rather boldly and clearly, which is what I try to do. You know, we, I mean, which is what prompted that column, you know, at this time of the year. I mean, it's just uh, the, the poverty, I mean, uh, literal starvation, lack of food, hunger, malnutrition, stunted development and growth of children across the country, especially in rural areas, is very striking, you know, especially at a time of, uh, you know, when ANC leadership, for example, you'll find them in various parts of the world. They go on lavish holidays with their children uh, and, you know, enjoying themselves uh, thoroughly while the mass of people and the supporters and members and the voters, you know, are languishing, as I said, in the doldrums of poverty, unemployment and lack of food. This has been coming for a long time. If you follow the media, people have been struggling with putting food on the table for one to two years already. And now we at the worst time, the cost of living crisis, it's all ingredients which motivated that column, you know. Um, but I think particularly given this time of the year, you know, end of the year, and I mean, uh, the likelihood, if you look at the economy and the stats, you know, is things that m- might get even worse in mm. January, February, you know, in the run-up to 2024 elections. You're, sca- yes. you're scathing of the politicians, and you call out the ANC leadership in particular, salaries, perks, palatial homes, children going to private schools, as you say, holidaying around the world, going to Rugby World Cup finals, those kind of things. Yes, I mean, those are glaring, obvious truths, you know. Not many writers uh, probably are bold enough or courageous enough to speak truth to power in that specific sense. But it's really, it's just disgusting, honestly, you know. And you'll find all the leading figures of the ANC at various levels of the state, uh, SOEs, they all go on lavish holidays around the world, my friend, to buy all these places and enjoy themselves while the electorate voters, ordinary people back home are starving, you know, it's it's very, it's the worst socio-economic crisis I've argued many times, not only in post-apartheid South Africa, please get that clear. Mm-hmm. Ever in the entire history of South Africa, I think since the formation of the Union of South Africa, 1910, we've never experienced what we're going through now, you know, it's it's really terrible, awful days, you know. And uh, what, uh, you know, uh, is more, more, more worrying is that it seems we might be heading for even choppier waters in the new year. If you look at the state of the South African and global economy and generally things look very gloomy at this at this moment, you know, and you have to ultimately hold the ANC. It's the governing party. So whether it's Britain or America, 
you look at the governing party, you know, and hold them responsible. And it's not uh, happening now. These problems of the food crisis, for example, everything, water, sanitation, is been going on for a growing number of years. And I think now we've reached a situation, really, which called for the, the, the boldness of that kind of column, you know. It's terrible out there, and I'm sure you're aware of it, mm-hmm. SAFM. Uh, talk to me about the public hospitals, and you're quite scathing of, of trying even trying to implement the national health insurance, the NHI. No, obviously by its nature, public hospitals would be the the driving force. And if you look at public hospitals, you know, I mean, the, the pillaging of resources, the, the public hospitals are in a total mess around the country. And as I said, the only public hospital, let me tell you, that's still going well and solid is the Grotesky Hospital, where I am now in, in Cape Town at the moment, you know, on a bit of a break. But uh, otherwise, public hospitals around the country are in the worst condition they've ever been in, certainly in post-apartheid South Africa. Isn't it the height of irony that public hospitals, that everything you talk about, robots, traffic lights, conditions of the roads, were incomparably better during the darkest days of apartheid? Everything was sharp. Everything except that racism, white people enjoyed privileges, a lot of things, and black people didn't. Now, today, uh, it's the worst infrastructural crisis uh, ever in the history of South Africa. And I study these things. This mm-hmm. is what my master's and PhD is based on, the study of the infrastructure in Johannesburg. And look at Johannesburg. Since Joburg was formed in October 1886, it has never fallen apart and been in such a terrible state as it is today, right across the board. All infrastructure, everything, the roads, bottles, it's really a disastrous situation. And it's what, what drove the column, you know. Also, I find it interesting, you, you talk about schools, you don't necessarily talk about the education, but you talk about how violence appears to have been normalized at schools. That's wor- really worrying. Yeah, but that is long time coming. That's been for a couple of years, man. It's a totally chaotic, ridiculous situation in schools. Rapes of students, teachers, pupils. I mean, it's mayhem. It's chaotic at schools. And I think the extent of the crisis gripping schools is is not even fully played out by the media. It's very, very bad, you know, especially in the so-called black African townships, you know. And uh, also in the, on the Cape Flats, you know, this uh, colored working class. Mm. It's terrible, you know, at the moment. But I mean... Have you ever had a moment in South African history ever, certainly in post-apartheid, where things have been as gloomy and despondent? I mean, Cape Town at the moment, everywhere you go, there's a a sense of despondency that has gripped the people of this country about our future. And especially, I think, in the run-up to the elections, you know, which is five months away. The ANC, really, what it can do at this stage, I don't know. You know, if you look at the ANC itself, it's falling apart. I mean, there's so many moments of crisis all over in this country, really. And if you look at it, the bloody globe. And so, you know, um, normally you'd expect, you know, this time of the year, people are filled with hope, anticipation of the new year, wishes. It's a very different contrasting uh, context that we are sitting with in South Africa at the moment, really. And the ANC bears ultimate responsibility. You know, the former spokesperson of uh, ESCOM two weeks ago, he was asked about this. He said, ANC, if you want to look for the culprits and the reason for the load shedding crisis, he just spoke of electricity. Look no further than the ANC, you know. And so uh, this is the situation we're sitting with. And... uh, 
I don't know if we're going to have any fundamental changes, uh, you know, uh, with the election results of mm-hmm. next year. I certainly think the AC is going to fail to secure 50 plus one. They'll drop to 40, 50, and you'll have for the first time a national coalition government because the ANC has never lost a national election. Uh, mm-hmm. As I indicated, they got 57% in 2019. I'm absolutely certain they're going to drop below 50. Well, where exactly? We don't know. And you'll have a nationally constituted. You might have Malema in cabinet. Cyril Ramaphosa might place him there to soften him somewhat, you know, because the one party, let me tell you, the ANC is very concerned. They're not concerned with the DA too much. No, the ANC's biggest fear is the electoral gains and what will happen with the EFF come next year. Yeah, you say the media, uh, country people and the media must realize the EFF is not only here to stay, it also must probably ascend to the portals of state power in the elections. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Right. I think it's coming, you know, and you look at the rapprochement between the ANC and EFF, particular localities and ups and downs and so on. I think uh, they would do that, you know, the way I know Ramaphosa, that the cabinet would probably seek to to, to quieten down, to soften the Malema <laughs> somewhat, you know. By, by by giving him a cabinet post. Well, it, it would be incumbent upon them to do something like that if, depending on what the EFF scores, you know, they got uh, 11, 12% in the last election. I think now when you look in 15, 20 plus percent, you know, the EFM, the ANC is in a mess. I mean, you can see Zuma now punting this new MK party, you know, uh, they couldn't have had a worse situation to enter an election uh, never before. I mean, it's, it's really, and the mushrooming of political parties all over, you can just see how the growing dissent and dissatisfaction with ANC rule is very evident all over, you know. Dr. Ibrahim Harvey, I'd like to end on a positive note. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel over the next five years? No, and much will depend. Uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, look at the results of the election in 2024. Right. And we don't know. We can just project and uh, what we think might happen. But that is going to define whether there's light at the end of the tunnel. But we're certainly going to sit with, a, I think, a national coalition government, which I don't think is going to be as rocky and bad, as crisis-ridden as local government has been. Uh, I think for reasons that I spell out in that column, it, it, it will be a different terrain. But that's what we're sitting with, you know, and your answer to your question is what comes out of that election, you know, the results. Keeping a close eye on that, Dr. Ibrahim Harvey, thank you very much for getting angry, political writer, analyst, commentator and author.